This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, you're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila Ganesan. Tonight, revamping our civil service. So this comes from a call from the PM to implement change in our civil service. So first, we're revisiting an interview we did on why reform is essential. Then we look at how to empower our civil servants. So tell us, share your experiences with civil servants and what would you change when it comes to our civil sector? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. This is Inside Story. It is 6.08 and Prime Minister Datuk Sri Anwar Ibrahim just did his first monthly address to the staff of the Prime Minister's Department. And uh, during during the address, uh, a theme that emerged really was the civil service. Now, this isn't new. Uh, in fact, Anwar talked about it very soon after being elected, about needing to reform our civil service. And what he said this time uh, was that he what he urged cabinet members and, this, and civil servants to emerge from the quote-unquote culture of contentment and implement change in the national administration. Uh, he went on on to say that in any system, there has to be a desire to bring about change um, and all civil servants shouldn't be afraid of doing it. He also added that all parties would have to work together to, um, to ensure stability in the country and to bring change to restore its dignity. And he also talked about needing more transparency in implementing measures for solving problems that affect the country. Uh, this includes uh, the plantation industry, manufacturing, as well as other sectors. Now, to hone in on this call of um, changing this culture of contentment, one point that Anwar raised was that civil servants shouldn't be afraid to criticise actions uh, by members of the unity government if they were found to be unlawful. So he encouraged uh, civil servants to alert him if they received, for example, minutes that violated the law, even if they came from him or any officers, ministers or deputy prime ministers. Um, he used the example of having seen files from the finance ministry on reported misconduct. And he said that you couldn't fault the officer for abiding by the minutes as it was given by the minister himself. Um, and so it was important that civil servants should be able to to do this, to criticise actions by um, even ministers or, in this case, prime ministers. So uh, he did point out, however, that there was a fear that uh, they might be transferred if they highlighted issues within the government. And so this essentially seemed to be a call from him for increased transparency, which... um, ties back with our topic today, really, because along with this call for um, reform, for changing this culture of our civil service, is the question of what is being done to empower that kind of change. Because um, as the Prime Minister himself acknowledged, there is um, there is a certain amount of fear, right, that rocking the boat, highlighting problems would mean that they would become the scapegoat, that they might be transferred, that they would be uh, people that everyone else may not necessarily like having around in the workplace. So there's a lot to talk about in terms of not just the kinds of changes that are needed within our civil service, but how to bring about that change. And 
along that process how to empower our civil servants to be a part of that change. So that's what we're going to try and talk about in the next hour and a bit. Uh, we'd like to hear your experiences with civil servants. Um, share them with us, good and bad, and tell us what would you change about our civil service. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be firmly motivated. BFM 89.9. It's 6.12. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila. And we are talking about a call to revamp the civil service. This came from the PM during the first of his monthly addresses. Um, And we're asking you for your experiences with civil servants. We'd like to hear them. Do send them over. And what would you change about our civil service? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. So as I said, this isn't the first time the Prime Minister has spoken about creating change within the civil service. Last year in November, during his inaugural address, Anwar had asked civil servants to be open to change, both in terms of mindset as well as how they operate. So we spoke then to Tansri Mohamad Sheriff Kasim, founding member of the G25. So Sheriff first gave his immediate thoughts on this and said that this meant that civil servants should work, civil servants should work towards the government's manifesto regardless of their political opinions. I think what he means is that whatever the personal views of the civil servants regarding the politics of the country or the politicians, he would like to see them follow the uh, or change to be in line with the uh, aspirations of the Pakatan Harapan Manifesto. I think he's aware that some members of the civil service may have different political opinions, but he's telling them, you know, please uh, support the Pakatan Harapan agenda and work together with the government to bring about the change. And then he addressed a question on whether the civil service sector should be trimmed down. So he said this wasn't necessary and said instead for there to be quality checks done instead. On the question of whether it is bloated, I think that's a question mark there because uh, although people talk about the civil, the size of the civil service is what, 1.6 million employees out of total working population of what, 14 million, they say is very high. I think it was the present KSN who pointed out that uh, the point 1.6 million comprise the teachers in the teaching service, they make up about 500,000 of the 1.6. The medical personnel, the nurses, the doctors, that's another few. And then we have the uh, military, the police. So the civil service proper, which is what we call the administrative service, you know, is the balance. And, so, and according to the KSN, I don't know, they may have done some research on this. Uh, this is in line with uh, what other countries have in their civil service. So I don't think uh, it needs to be trimmed down. Or, but what, of course, should happen is that those who are not performing, those who are dead, dead boots, they should be eased out of the civil service. Uh, the government should come out with some kind of uh, scheme. In the private sector, they have this severance package where the dead woods be, will be offered to re, to leave voluntarily. Uh, and I know this because our chairman of Standard Chartered Bank, I saw it there. 
I was chairman of PLAS. Uh, we did the same thing. Those who were not performing, you know, they were given a uh, financial incentive, maybe three months salary or four months salary. So they can take the money, leave and go and do some other thing, maybe find another work or go do their own business. Uh, so that kind of uh, scheme should be introduced so as to send a signal to the rest, you know, that they have to be more efficient, they have to be more dedicated, they have to be more professional. Next, he spoke about the importance of good working relations between civil servants and cabinet members, which was also something that the PM had brought up at the time. Yeah, there should be more trust and confidence uh, between politicians and civil servants. Each side should not be suspicious of the other. Whatever the political views of civil servants, you know, they should acknowledge the fact that there is a new party in power. They should be loyal to the party and uh, carry out its programs uh, faithfully and uh, honestly. I think that's what Anwar means when he expects the civil servants to embrace change. And it's significant that he made that statement in his address to the PM, at the PM's department, because the PM's department has the top brass of the civil services there, and he wants the, the top brass to know what he expects from them. Sharif then talked about some of the conflicts that had occurred between politicians and civil servants, including when tolls were abolished and when GST was implemented. There was distrust, uh, talking about the Ministry of Finance, huh? there was distrust between the civil servants. I think there was even tensions you know, between the civil servants and the political masters uh, because they wanted to push through their ideas. Uh, they wanted to, 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 to uh, do away with toll, uh, plus toll. And there was quite a resistance from the civil servants in the Ministry of Works. Uh, because under the Ministry of Work, they have the Highway Authority, which is uh, the regulatory body in charge of PLAS. Then in the Ministry of Finance itself, you know, the civil servants are not quite agreeable because they are aware of the implications of the whole economy. You know? If you suddenly scrap the tools, change the tools, uh, or, or, or abolish the tools. And even in the press, you know, uh, the, the journalists were saying it's not a good idea to remove the tools. But the political masters, you know, they said that it's their political manifesto, they had to do it. We won the election because we promised to abolish tolls. We won the election because we want to. We promised to abolish GST. But the civil servants didn't agree with that. They, you know, they worked hard since during my time in nineteen ninety one. The finance minister Tunda Aim he announced in his budget his first budget speech. The GST was announced. Of course, it was immediately scrapped. Uh, it took several years. So we all, you know, civil servants were part of the change. Uh, they, they, they worked hard to get the GST on the ground. Of course, there were some mistakes made with the GST, but radical changes like that, just for political reasons, will not go well with the civil servants. And finally, Sheriff expressed his hopes for how he wanted to see the civil service improve. Yeah, I mean, the public, uh, you know, they pay the tax. Civil servants get their salary from what the taxpayers contribute to revenue. And therefore, civil servants have an obligation to deliver the service at the federal level, state level, district level, 
particularly those at the district level, they deal with the everyday problems of the public. Uh, they are the face of the civil service on the ground, and so they should be working closely with the local politicians to deliver the goods and the services to the people. You just heard there Tansri Mohammad Sharif Qasim, founding member of G25, weighing in on why reform is important when it comes to our public sector, but also the challenges when it comes to implementing that reform. To listen to the full interview, you can look up PM10, Reforming the Civil Sector, on bfm.my or on our BFM app. And we've been asking you to weigh in as well. Share your experiences with civil servants and Tell us what you would change about our civil service. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We're getting plenty of thoughts already. Let's start with this voice note from Liana. I would love to see a change in the efficiency and the accessibility of civil services. You know, um, there's always a discourse online about how time-consuming and inefficient civil services are here in Malaysia. For example, if I were to renew my IC or my passport, I would have to allocate my whole day uh, for that instead of just allocating, you know, two hours of my day. Because when we go to the office, it's always very messy. It's always very uh, time consuming. And even with like online services that they provide, it's very inaccessible because once you do something online and then you go to the office, it's either not readable or you have to end up redoing the whole process again, which beats the original purpose. So I think that's the main thing that needs to be changed in civil services. And I think something that happened personally to me was that when I was doing my IC the other day, there were a lot of elderly people who had to queue for around two to three hours uh, when I don't think it's even right for that to happen. Liana, thank you for those thoughts. If you'd like to weigh in, um, that number to send your WhatsApp to, uh, WhatsApp, your voice note to is 018-789-8899. You can also WhatsApp us there. You can, of course, also call us, double seven double three two nine hundred or tweet us at BFM Radio. You know, Liana, your points about how efficiency in the civil service um, has this knock-on effect of essentially... Um, wasting time for a lot of people who need to access essential services like renewing your IC or your passport. And of course, we all have those horror stories of spending a day or half a day waiting for any of these processes to happen. Um, And I think your point also about um, how the elderly might be treated or how people with disabilities might have to navigate the system is also really well made. I think for what it's worth, there have been examples in the past of efforts made to streamline this process. Even within the passport application, for instance, there was that phase, I'd I'd like to say with a lot of nostalgia, there was a particular time when you could walk in, renew your passport and walk out within, say, less than a couple of hours. I'm not sure that that's really possible anymore. And so, Again, I'm wondering what the issue is and why when something like that was implemented, why was there no follow through? What happened that changed that level of efficiency that was clearly possible at one point in time? So 
Um, those are a lot of good points raised there. We would like to hear from you as well. Share your experiences with our civil service and uh, tell us, what would you change about our public sector? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio, BFM 89.9. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. It is 6.37. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and we're talking about uh, revamping the civil service. This comes from a long-standing call from the PM um, saying that they need to change the quote-unquote, culture of contentment that uh, they currently operate under. And so we've been asking you uh, to share your experiences with civil servants and what would you change about the civil service? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have, um, let's start with a voice note. This is Rajkumar. I think the civil servants should be uh, mindful that the government is not the boss, right? And at the end of the day, uh, the government gets money from taxpayers. So I hope that civil servants will know that uh, we are actually the customers. So it's not uh, that when we go there, you know, we are like, uh, we have to beg for the service or we get, um, you know, snubbed at and so on. But I hope that there will be some form of customer centricity, there will be some form of speed and some form of appreciation that actually they are civil servants serving the people. And that's, um, I think, a very key fundamental thought so that when we are there, you know, um, they, they serve us um, and help us solve our problem and not, uh, you know, sit down and uh, chit chat and have coffee and uh, make us wait. Rajkumar, thank you for those thoughts. Um, if you'd like to uh, send a voice note through, you can send it to 018-789-8899. You know, it strikes me that a lot of this comes down to this point about who actually their boss is, comes down to what they've been told also, what the working culture is, right? Because I think it is entirely possible that um, within the civil service, because of the multiple levels of bureaucracy and because of the multiple levels of middle management, that it may very well be that they don't think that their priority is necessarily us, the people that uh, they are providing the service to, but rather to answer to the person above them. And that in itself is a key thing that needs to change, right? Because we are going to be talking about this later on in the show. Um, about empowering civil servants. And I think that's really important when it comes to the things that you're talking about. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. Good evening, Zul. What are your thoughts? Hello. Hi, evening. Zul online. Uh, okay. Uh, when we see currently what happened in, uh, in the government servant, like especially on procurement-wise, uh, say, for example, uh, in school, for example, if they want to purchase the item A, uh, there's too many bureaucracy just to buy item A. Like for example, item A is a is a flag. You can purchase directly from a bookstore the flag. The price might be pairing it, but when they follow the process uh, that uh, currently they are doing, it may reach about hundred ringgit. So it's the nearby ten times. But in another hand, when you do like a uh, normal. Uh, uh, Standard like uh, 
private sector when they do the procurement purchase the price is more or less we get nearby to the market the best market price so this these two different thing this is what to me is a cost effective that need to be improved in the government servant uh the processes the layers and the bureaucracy in the processes uh increase the price so one of the thing uh in another hand in term of like planning as well if you look in term of planning for example they decided to stop the examination the upsr ptt and so on but what's next move for the kids uh, from standard c going to form 1 and uh standard 3 uh, form 3 to form 4 all, all this should be well planned in, in in the early stage so to me uh, the processes need to be improved the layer in between need to be cut off and the cost should be more effective and should be more uh, efficient cost as per market current market Zul, thank you so much for those thoughts. Um, actually, this uh, issue of reducing bureaucracy, increasing efficiency is something that is uh, coming up a number of times. Um, and really, I think this question of eliminating um, eliminating layers is one that, again, not just process, but I think it also has to do with cultures. Um, we do have another caller on the line. Good evening, Mohammed. Uh No, I think we we haven't gotten them on just yet. Um we have let's see a number of messages coming through. This is from an anonymous listener who says in general the public services should stop being condescending when dealing with their clients for instance the rakyat. Uh basically the rakyat. Not public servant not all public servants are like that but easily 50% of the civil service expect all who walk into their departments to have memorized their SOPs. We don't want them uh, we don't want to treat them like servants but good manners in tone and the manner should be polite i strongly believe that if one knows his or her place in society it would be easy to remember and strive to perform with integrity effectiveness and pride when carrying out their duties at all times however if we we should remember that if we want change it must start with the leaders heads and supervisors you notice that the current ministers are not decked in expensive brands but more functional attire it's a good paradigm shift i hope that they do away with those huge cushy chairs for visiting vips which propagate pankat all good points and i agree that i think a lot of this sort of change in attitude has to be demonstrated from the top now i do believe we have mohammad on the line good evening mohammad what are your thoughts Hi, good evening, Sharmila. Yeah, I just wanted to give my thoughts with regards to why certain group of civil servants may not be motivated to give more and work harder. It is because for a certain group of civil servants who are under the pension scheme, uh, they just uh, once they reach a certain level of seniority, they are very comfortable. They are earning a fixed, good income and monthly, and enjoying all kinds of benefits. So there is no real drive for them to do more. and their aim is to get to the last day of their mandatory uh, work period and enjoy retirement and enjoy their pension so voluntary separation scheme would not work when offered to this group of people and there are also a certain group of civil servants who do not aspire to hold very senior positions they are content with where they are because if they go up any higher in the civil service that comes with more responsibility so this is the problem with this group of people who do not wish to do more who just go to work uh, and you know do the bare minimum in order for them to get their salary 
and there is no drive to do more. And because the civil service is based on posts available, if they don't vacate that post, you cannot bring in new people. So I think if if the PM or the, uh, anyone in a leadership position in the government listening to this, I think this is one thing that they need to tackle. This group of civil service either need to be transferred out to another department, or there needs to be measures taken to prevent this from happening. Mohammad, thank you for those thoughts. Um, and and I think absolutely what the PM has referred to, in fact, right when he talked about the contentment culture, uh, this notion that you're quite content to let things be as they are. And while I think that a pension scheme and uh, you know the perks that come along with being part of the public service are important and are worthy rewards for people providing those services. Um, I do think that there needs to be an adjustment in terms of actually uh, the points that Mohammed made. How do we decide who gets promoted or who stays in a uh, department? What are the measures for success? Are people meeting keep KPIs? Um, what does it mean when someone is stagnating and how do you address that within a department? All of these are absolutely things that need to be looked at. Um, just to close off on this side of things, because we've been getting a fair amount of criticism, I wanted to read this um, this message, which is essentially sharing a positive experience with the civil service. Dahlia says... I'm going to share an experience from a friend of mine who is a member of the LGBT community. They see a therapist in the government sector and have said that they've had a positive experience, not just with the therapist, but with the nurses there as well. They didn't feel judged or discriminated against, not discounting any experiences that others have had. Just thought that this was worth sharing because I think there's a negative perception of government medical officers in general, which sadly I'm inclined to believe as well. But this story from my friend gives me hope. Dalia, thank you so much for sharing that. And I will agree. I think that the sad thing about this overall negative perception that people have of our civil service and the multiple positions that fall under that very wide umbrella is that people who are doing a good job, people who are aspiring to be the best they can in their role, often get overlooked, often get painted with the same brush. Um, and I also have personally had some wonderful experiences with people who work in the civil sector, whether it's medical personnel, whether it's people in the IC office who are very empathetic when they realize that um, you're somebody who's just had your wallet snatched and therefore you've lost your IC. Of course, this is a personal experience. Um, and so I always feel... Um, I suppose I have this mixed feeling every time we talk about improving the civil sector and people um, sort of say, oh, our civil sector needs a lot of work. Our civil servants are so inefficient. Um, I think it is with mixed feeling because I've also had encounters with people who work very hard within the civil service. And I think this talk of improving the civil service will actually do those people justice because finally we'll be able to recognize that this is the level at which everyone should be aspiring to. So we are talking about um, reforming the civil service and asking you for your experiences with civil servants and what would you change about our public service sector. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll be back after this for more of your messages. So keep it here, BFM eighty nine point nine. Best flipping moments, BFM eighty nine point nine, the business station. It 
is just coming up to 6.50. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and we're talking about the civil service and calls from the PM to change the culture of contentment within the sector. And so we've been asking you to share your experiences with civil servants as well as what you would change when it comes to our civil service. Keep those thoughts coming. You can call 7733 send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a caller on the line. Good evening, Jamal. What are your thoughts? Hello. Hi, Shamila. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Fine. Thank you. Okay. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say is now is the perfect time for to change the culture of the civil servant. Okay. Because many of them are too long already inside there and they already numb already with that culture. So, now is the perfect time to change the civil servant culture to like a private sector culture. Private sector culture, if you are not performing, they will give you like a warning letter, second warning letter, things like that. They will re- uh, uh, review your appraisal, your KPI, things like that. I believe all this got in the civil servant, but it's not effective. So we must make it effective. Now is the perfect time to change the act also. If you are not performing, you've been removed out. Go and find other job. The civil servant is not for, for a place for you just to just cari makan like that, you know, and enjoy your pension until end of your life. So things like this, all we need to start to change from now on. Now also we can see the new government come, new kind of mentalities. Many people are complaining about in, in, what inefficient of the civil servant, isn't it? So it is a perfect time to change, make it like a private sector. Then only we can see changes. You can see in our neighboring country like Singapore, things like that. All, they all keep all the cream of the cream stuff inside their department. So whoever cannot perform, they remove out. But why in our country, if you are not perform, you've just been transferred out? There is a, f- a few cases uh, in my own experience. I don't want to see which. Uh, I don't want to say which department. One fellow is been suspended because um, he cheat petrol in a government servant. And do you know how long he's been suspended? Not one year, two years. You know, it's almost eighteen years. Mm. And then end up uh, when the PKP time, many drivers die because of the COVID. So they call him back to work, you know, after 18 years. So what is this? What, what, what is happening? And that fellow can enjoy half salary for 18 years. So these kind of things all we should start to stop. And for your information, uh, uh, I have many of my uh, colleagues, uh, government servants. They all never worry whoever come to the government because for them, whoever come also, they don't know how to do their job because they are the one who do the job. They know how to manipulate everything. And end of the day, the minister will get the blame. But the, the, who select the tender? Who choose the tender? Who do, who do the preliminary stage all? They are the one who did. But did they get blame? No. These KPs all are just pointing for, to the minister and then the minister, minister cannot answer. So these kind of things all, we need to start to change. If the tender proposal is passed and the uh, work is never been done properly, the contractor run away. Take action on the KP. Take action on the Penolan KP. Because they are the one who choose the tender. But this thing will never happen. If possible, want to take action until terminate them, terminate them. Let the new blood to come and replace them. 
We need we need to do this kind of changes. And until we never change the act for the uh, civil servant, we uh, this government civil servant won't have any bigger changes. Lah. That is only my. Uh, that's all my point. Thank you, Jamal, for your thoughts. Um, in fact, a number of others also bringing up this question of um, comfort and, and a lack of efficiency, right? So uh, we have KW saying, change civil servants. If I ever join the civil service, it would be because it is what it is now and because I'm reluctant to change. It's so comfortable. Why would I want to change? People change because of competition. Who are civil servants competing against? Nisha Karan says, are there any incentives for the civil service to be efficient? The private sector rewards efficiency. Um, And, you know, I think these are issues that have been brought up numerous times and yet perhaps it it will be part of the conversation moving forward if there is this resolve to revamp the civil service. We have time for another caller, I believe. Good evening, Ahmad. What are your thoughts? Okay. I've heard about these stories or even complaints or satisfaction over the civil servant for ages, ages, okay? And I think no matter how much they try to improve, they still receive complaints. As you know, customers are never satisfied and each customer uh, has their own idiosyncrasies. So my recommendation is that, uh, I mean, I, I feel some departments have done really extremely well. For example, the national registration and the passport visit. Within hours, I'm a senior citizen. I go there to renew my passport. Within hours, I got my new passport. My wife uh, changed her name uh, in the IC, and it's done so efficiently, so credit must be given where credit is due. Now, my my proposal to resolve some of these uh, bad actors in the different departments that are really not uh, up to the mark, I suggest why don't the government privatize such uh, departments to make it more efficient? Okay, the private sector could take about 49% or 40% and the government uh, 51 or 60% so that the government is still in control over the policies but they're running day-to-day running at administration and operations of the department is done by the uh, GLC or the private sector, if whatever it is. So then they can set up the department as if it is run like an enterprise. That means they are a money-making body. So, uh, I mean, it's only for the poor performing departments. Huh? Uh, okay, <laughs> that's my thoughts. Thank you. Um, I mean, that's an interesting that's an interesting view. I'm just curious because when we talk about privatization, then we're going to talk about profits. And with these essential services, how will that play out? Because um, then are we talking about needing to pay a higher fee to access these services? Okay. I want to tell you something. We have tolls on the road. We have government tolls road and we have also uh, the, the paid tolls. So you see, if you want something good, something efficient, you have to pay a price. There must be a price to be paid. So the, 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 the public must be educated on this. We have the doctor, the private clinics, uh, the hospitals. We also have government hospitals. You want a cheap one, you have to wait. And the, gov- the, the people know they wait, they get a cheaper rate, but they have to wait. But if you go to the private hospitals, you get a super performing uh, service. So this is the type of thing customers cannot expect the lowest paid uh, employee and get the highest service level. So you have to educate the public, give them options. You know? 
Thank you for those thoughts. Um, if uh, you'd like to weigh in, that number to call, double seven double three two nine hundred. You can also send us a voice note at 018-789-8899. You can WhatsApp us there as well. You can also tweet us at BFM Radio. I thought at least to close off on this side of things, uh, we would look at some people um, who are giving praise to the uh, civil service. So we have, for example, uh, this... I don't think we have time for this voice note. I'll save it for later. But we have a couple of messages. So Eric is saying, EPF and LHDN are examples of efficient government agencies. With regards to passport renewal, I did mine in Siramban, walking in and out in two hours without applying online prior. A two-hour drive to and fro to avoid the crowd helped. Just sharing. Eric, so you actually drove all the way to Siramban to renew your passport. That's some commitment. Um, though I will say... I actually managed that same uh, very short amount of time to renew my passport by going to Putrajaya. So not a two-hour drive, but a 40-minute drive. Um, but I, I agree that giving credit where it's due is also important. I've also found the EPF to be very easy to deal with when it comes to efficiency. Yuet uh, Mui says, To be fair, the service level at some government departments have improved a lot over the years, not forgetting most of them are underpaid compared to the private sector. My experiences with the National Registration Department has always been pleasant. My frustration is with the government hospitals, but that's not the people problem. Our hospitals are overcrowded. Anyway, keep those thoughts coming and share your experiences with civil servants, good or bad. We'd love to hear them. And what would you change about our civil service? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us and keep it here on Inside Story, BFM 89.9. Beyond Frivolous Matters, BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.07. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila. Before we move on to our next guest and talk about um, how to empower our civil servants uh, to move towards this reform that we're talking about, uh, just to get to some of your messages and voice notes that we've been getting. Keep them coming, though. We've been asking you to share your experiences with civil servants and what you would change about our civil service. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Let's start with this voice note uh, from Nurul. Um, I think that integrity is an issue that we're all aware of. There's a lot of dishonesty and corruption going on behind the scenes and sometimes even blatantly. So the ones with more power should imply stronger rules and policies against bribery and graft and palm grazing and such. Inflict stronger punishment on those found to be dishonest. Don't let them off the hook with just a slap to the wrist because then they'll think that they can keep getting away with it. And even if somebody is just suspected, not proven guilty, then, um, you know, still keep an eye on them too. Don't, like I said, don't keep anybody, don't let anybody off the hook. Yeah. Nurul, thank you for those thoughts. Um, you know, that mirrors um, a caller we had earlier. I believe it was Jamal who was also saying that even when people are found um, guilty of wrongdoing, that often it's just a slap on the wrist um, or a year-long suspension or being cold storaged instead of actual tangible action being taken. Um, and, and I agree. I think that this is part of the many things that need to uh, change in terms of it isn't even how our civil service functions, right? But how we think of accountability, how we think of doing a good job when it comes to our public service sector. Um, now, I did say that we were also asking for good experiences with the civil service, and we do have this voice note. This is On. Uh, hello, my name is On. I'd like to share my experience on the 
uh, service level of our public sector, I must say uh, in the registration uh, department and the passport too, that the efficiency of the uh, civil servant is five star. I am a senior citizen. I could change my passport just within a few hours at that uh, counter. And my wife uh, renewed her IC. You know, it just take a couple of hours, maybe two hours or so to, to get it done. They have all the first years, the photostat machine, they have the uh, pictures, uh, I mean, uh, photographers there. So literally, I would say they are doing an excellent job in that department. On, thank you for that experience. I'm very glad to hear that. As I said, I'm always very pleased when people share... Um, few and far between, I will admit, but when people share their positive experiences with the civil service, because as I mentioned before, I believe that there are many of them who do want to do a good job um, and just have their good work sort of uh, made invisible by this larger machinery that is viewed as being inefficient. We also have Ben, in fact, saying, I'd like to say that I've had a wonderful experience dealing with the civil offices. Not all departments delay their services and the ones I have dealt with treat me with utter respect, whether it's face-to-face or in email. They'd address me as Tuan or Puan, even though I'm clearly younger than them. However, most of the rakyat only deal with certain types of agencies, for instance, the Jabatan Pendaftaran or the Jabatan Immigration, and I implore the government to improve these sectors that deal directly with the citizens. The rakyat must never forget that there are other departments that they won't deal with ever in their lifetime, but are just as important, for instance, a Department of Irrigation. I believe what the PM meant by rising from the culture of contentment is pointed towards within the structure of the administration. Accountability must be held and thus hierarchy levels must be reduced. Matrix management must be implemented. Promotion by merit must also be implemented. The auto-promotion or salary increment must be reviewed because salary is always the highest cost in any management. Ben, some excellent points there. And I agree. I think that um, there are many departments that the public would never come face to face with. Um, And restructuring or reform in those departments may look very different compared to the front-facing ones. And a lot of these complaints that we're hearing um, also have to do with how they affect us, whereas there are other more... um, other more specific changes, exactly the things that you pointed out, that come from a management point of view that are also very important to look at. Um, We had a message on this. Ah, Charlotte says, I agree that fundamentally the performance appraisal system needs to be gradually improved. It has to incentivize employees to improve, to achieve measurable results. If the system and culture is such that regardless of whether one works hard or not, the increment is fixed according to seniority, How would the hard workers feel? Why would they work hard when there's no need to and when their peers and seniors are getting more increment without putting in more effort? However, I believe that the new government also needs to gain support from the public servants, so it's a delicate balance to strike. Um, And and that point about striking a balance is so important to keep in mind, right? Because implementing reform, talking about making these wide-scale changes is one thing, but we need buy-in from the civil sector. We need the people who are involved in the system, and that is a huge number of people across a huge number of sectors, to actually see this as being 
not just important to the government or important to us, the rakyat, but also bringing value to them. And I think that's where the challenge often lies. Earlier, we heard from um, our guest who talked about how um, a previous interview and, and our guest talked about how uh, the civil service has often come out and, and made endeavours difficult when they chose not to um, stand behind implement, uh, things that the government has implemented, for instance, uh, when it comes to GST, for example. So I agree that balance is really important to strike. Uh, we do have to get to our next guest, but keep those thoughts coming. What are your experiences with civil servants? What would you change about the civil service? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. After this, we'll be closing off our conversation by looking at how to empower our civil servants. And for that, we'll be joined by Ahmad Faiz Yaakob, who is a senior lecturer at the Faculty of Administrative Science and Policy Studies at UITM Trunganu. So keep it here, BFM 89.9. Bodacious, fabulous minds. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.15. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila. And we are closing off our discussion on the civil service and how to implement meaningful reform within the sector. Um, and so now we're going to look at uh, what it means to empower our civil servants, because that's something the Prime Minister talked about as well, that they shouldn't be afraid to speak up when pointing out um, wrongdoing, for instance. And so we're, we thought that's the conversation uh, that should close off this discussion on implementing change within our public service sector. But do keep your thoughts coming. We've heard from plenty of you already. Uh, What are your experiences with civil servants? What would you change about our civil service? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, joining us on the line is Ahmad Faiz Yaakob, Senior Lecturer at the Faculty of Administrative Science and Policy Studies at UITM Trunganu. Faiz, good to have you with us. So let's first look at Anwar calling for an end to this culture of contentment within the civil service. How might we see this culture of contentment permeate through our government machinery? I feel uh, this culture of contentment, or I may say this like, budaya cukup makan, right? So that is actually... Uh, what has been the culture that we have in our government for so long, actually, the, the second prime ministers, Tun Abdul Raza in 1970s, eh, has addressed this issue, eh, uh, culture of contentment. So just imagine uh, we now at this millennium and it's been said before in 1970s. So how many decades? Eh? Uh, because of this Budaya uh, Chukuk Makan, they want uh, to work more, maybe because of their lack of understanding of their tasks. So this uh, makes some sometimes what have been planned, okay, what been asked and pushed by uh, the senior officers, okay, cannot be done just because of this cultural containment. For example, like uh, we are so very do, do not want to say more, okay. Do we have some idea just because of whoever said, okay, or oh, he she will be assigned for that jobs? So what the best is just to remain silent. And this thing uh, prevails so long uh, in our system, maybe because of the system itself. Uh. So then what are the flaws within the system or the root causes that prevent public service from running more smoothly and efficiently? Okay, uh, so this, uh, the root causes, uh, look at our, uh, let me say this uh, top-down approach, uh, where unlike in the in the West, uh, they have this uh, bottom-up, more democratic. So uh, everything uh, we listen or we just, uh, wait for the those at the upper level, the superior to 
to give the instructions, okay, to give the command. Eh? Another one is because of the lack of political control or lack of political monitoring at all levels, eh? the political levels, uh, the administrative levels. So having this top-down approach is uh, it's not that problematic, but the problem is the people inside that. Sometimes uh, having this top approach, uh, it is also uh, very useful, for example, uh, to, to make a faster decision. But uh, somehow uh, it can also uh, lead to this uh, problem because the leadership, the leaders at all this level, for example, the ministers monitoring the, the chief secretary. Yeah. So that is not that effective. Uh, the same goes to this bureaucratic or administrative control. For example, the chief secretary can have this uh, loose control over the, the subordinates. Uh, what else? Uh, we know this, uh, a few of our national leaders, okay? they are not that clean, okay? corrupt, having this nepotism. Okay? Having this closed political system, okay, and at the same time promoting bureaucracy to be open. So this is what we see, very inconsistent, so this cannot happen. One's uh, very close, another one is very, very open. So whatever promise made by the national leader, the, the prime ministers, uh, to that extent, it just remains uh, Rhetoric. So given that this closed political system is at odds with the PM's call for more openness, more transparency, what are going to be the challenges in making this sort of substantive change to the public service? I think this is very difficult. Huh? Uh, it happened also uh, in the West. They have experienced some uh, dark ages, you know, some dark era of civil service in the 18th century, you know, 19th century, you know, and uh, they, they suffered from corruption, nepotism, scandal, these are Anglo-Saxon Saxon countries. Eh? And one day, um, uh, I mean, they, their heart open to, to change, eh? but it cannot be done uh, so easy. Eh? It takes uh, a few years to experience changes. The same as in Malaysia, uh, beside culture, with this closed political system, closed administrative system, and uh, what else? Uh, the institutional factors, eh? Okay, I should be ready first to have a very strong uh, institution in this uh, executive, okay, in this parliament, and then to the judiciary. These are the main obstacles. Once that very clear and clean, so that we'll be ready lah, for the changes in, in, in public service. Because what I see, what have we heard so far about the institutional reforms, our, our leaders always refer to the parliament, right? Uh, to the judiciary, okay? to the cabinet, SPRM, okay? but not to the civil service. But I see this is a backbone of the nations, right? They are permanent. Only the politicians come and go, the permanent will be retained, remain in the, in the system. So beside cultural, institutional, also the political system, okay? that need to be open, transparent and uh, competitive. So Anwar has also encouraged civil servants to alert him if they receive minutes that violate the law, even if those minutes came from him or any officers, ministers or deputy prime ministers. Now, first off, what's the significance of this sort of statement coming from the PM? So in the other word, okay, he asked him for a change. Otherwise, what we plan, what we decided doesn't work if we don't get cooperated with this civil servant. So this is about what is actually a democracy, so democracy is, is incomplete without the involvement of the civil service. When talking about democracy, it is about the policy that people felt 
And the policy itself is not just about formulations, debating in the parliament, but how the people felt of the policy. Okay, it's not just politicians only, but uh, the role should be played together by them. It should be equal. Okay, otherwise, it's just a scapegoat. Lah. Okay, a scapegoat uh, among the ministers, then only to be blamed. So this is the wrong concept. To me, it's traditional, lah, just looking to at one side. And I see, you know, you know uh, until now, there is no uh, great reforms okay, made in the civil service. We had before, historically, uh, the late 1960s under Tuna Raza, when he, he asked to have this, uh, like what, what we call this Montgomery Report, when the government uh, hired a consultant from America, Professor Montgomery, uh, to study. Uh, they, they did that investigation and if they, they have their findings and the recommendation, but it didn't last long because of the because of Russia riot that stopped many things. From there on, there is no more, because after that, there's more politicization in the civil service. And uh, until now, uh, what we have is just uh, uh, improvement, improvement, uh, but improvement itself is, is not that substantive. Eh? And uh, we don't have this white paper presented in the, in the parliament to address these issues. And we're not yet, uh, for the civil servant, have these kinds of uh, big change or IMC reforms. So are there mechanisms that could be helpful in empowering civil servants to strive for this level of transparency? Yes, uh, uh, what I see now is not that transparent. Unlike uh, like a technocrat in Japan and Singapore, just imagine issues. If they have any issues, problems, they brought to the public to listen. So they get experts to discuss it openly. Like for example, in Singapore, so uh, the university sometimes they organise a dialogue inviting this expert uh, to speak uh, together. And this is not what we have. To me, a culture of transparency, everything is in, in the limelight. Uh, but the moment we have, we have, we have tried, uh, but that is only the media. They, 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 they have it live. So that media, okay, we salute them. They have done the works, they've done the job, but <laughs> for the civil servant, they're not tried and open yet. Faiz, thanks for speaking with us today. That was Ahmad Faiz Yaakob, Senior Lecturer at the Faculty of Administrative Science and Policy Studies at UITM Trunganu, weighing in on um, how to empower civil servants and the, I suppose the, the challenges in, in the path to do that. And we've been asking you for your thoughts um, to share your experiences with civil servants and what you would change. Uh, we've gotten so many messages already. Uh, keep them coming. You can call us, you can WhatsApp us, you can send us a voice note or tweet us. Um, just to close off, I think we have time for some voice notes and messages. Let's start with this from um, Noble One. So, in my opinion, the thing that I feel like the civil service can improve more is their approachability, as in how we get to them. I mean, if we want to complain about something, we have to go through a lot of process, we have to make papers and whatnot. And if we're lucky, we might get to meet them unless they suddenly have any kind of other appointment or priority that they have to cancel it. So, you know, it's very, very much trouble. I feel like civil service should have a department where they, well, maybe not department, maybe um, a medium where the the head can directly be a, be approached. Maybe have them do occasional live stream. I don't know. I'm not even sure, but I do feel like the approachability need to be improved. 
Thank you for that. Um, the notion of our various department heads doing live streams to me just sounds so uncommon. What would that be like? I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I'm just amused because I've never even thought that that's something that would happen for us. But it's not too different actually from what our guest earlier talked about, right? So Fai has talked about how in countries like Japan, um, civil service departments um, often take to the public sphere to solicit opinions and feedback and to even sort of uh, work out problems. And this isn't very different from that. And I, I think that that's actually a great point about not just approachability, but accessibility, right? How easily can uh, the right yet uh, get their issues listened to by people who can make a difference within these departments? We also have, um, let's see, we had a message, a WhatsApp from Vigian who says, I'm working in the healthcare sector. I realize that the workload isn't equally distributed. Some call themselves seniors, but most of the time they're missing from work, don't contribute much to the day-to-day -day practice, and the workload is not evenly distributed. This is unfair, and with increasing workloads in the healthcare sector, especially after the pandemic, the responsibility needs to be carried out equally. Vigian, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry to hear that, but also this is something that's been highlighted so many times by our healthcare practitioners, right? The um, unequal workloads, the lack of um, the lack of the lack of accountability when it comes to tasks, uh, not being able to um, speak about these challenges openly. So there's so many things there. And this notion of some people not doing their best or being able to get away with not giving their best to their job is something that perhaps is perhaps can seem most acute in the healthcare sector, but as we've heard from so many people, it's something that across, extends across our civil service. Um, let's see, just to close off, we also have... Um we have a number of messages, I think. Um, we have ah, we have MP saying, change has to start from the top. Most secretary generals are promoted because they are due for retirement soon. Most will only have one or two years to go before they retire. Promotions should, should be given to those who perform. Completely agree. I think promotion should be given to those who perform. Salary increments should be based on performance. Um, there are multiple things from the corporate sector that could be adopted, uh, which may help in terms of how we, again, go back to that notion of encourage people to get better, to level up and to care about their performance. Uh, that is about all that we have time for today. But keep those thoughts coming. Um, we'll read them, even if we don't always share them on air. Uh, we've been talking about the civil service and asking you to share your experiences as well as what you would change about the civil service. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us and you can tweet us. Keep it here, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.